The Alchemical Tech Revolution is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor by Spotify. That's anchor.fm. Hi folks, this is Wayne McCroy, host of the Alchemical Tech Revolution podcast. I'm here to tell you tonight about Anchor. Anchor is one of the best podcast distribution apps out there. Uh, They offer various ways to create, distribute, and monetize your podcast all for free, and they have some of the best built-in uploading, recording, and editing tools available in the industry. From start to finish, they can help you to set up your podcast. So if you are interested in starting a podcast, check out anchor.fm. Or if you are already a podcaster and you're looking for distribution solutions for your podcast, check out anchor.fm. Come with me.
You're listening to the Alchemical Tech Revolution, and I'm your host, Wayne McRoy. Good evening, everyone. Tonight, we're going to discuss the NPC Agenda. Now, what is this, you may ask? What's the NPC Agenda? What is this all about? Uh, in many of the circles of us, uh, what we would call truthers, or the truth movement, whatever you want to call this that we do, uh, these topics we discuss, conspiracy theory, whatever it is that you want to label this whole thing, um... In these circles, where many of us have uh, actually uh, begun researching some of these topics related to world events and, and such things, and went down these little rabbit trails to find uh, certain agendas at the hearts of things, there has come to uh, the modern thinking here within these, these different circles the concept of the NPC. Okay, this would be the non-player character, and uh, the term is derived from primarily games, okay, like role-playing games, video games, things of that nature. Non-player character, and what this describes in a video game setting is a ancillary character, right, that happens within the story. Uh, that being the case, it's not really a, a, a real person, so to say. It's sort of an AI kind of a thing that just fulfills one purpose and that's about it uh, within the context of the game. So this whole trope has really taken off in the, the truth movement as of late because people begin to equate this idea to those who will just blindly follow the agendas without questioning anything and going along with whatever the mainstream uh, news media or other media tells them, right? They'll just play right into the whole narrative going on in the world without questioning it and thinking they're a good person for doing so. And they, in this sense, they, they enforce or reinforce the whole narrative, right? Uh, because that's what this whole concept has been designed to do. It gets people to actually self-enforce uh, different things going on. And we've seen this going on in spades throughout the entire pandemic situation where the people would walk around wearing the mask and enforcing it upon others. You need to wear a mask to come in here. Like, how many times have you heard that through this whole thing? Uh, so what has happened is this whole trope of the NPC has taken off within the circles of the truth movement. So... Where did this idea originally come from, and why has it really gained so much traction in the recent uh, months here, and in the, the past two years? And some of what we see in society, uh, the things that were going on where people just capitulated to ridiculous mandates and ridiculous uh, kinds of demands upon them, that played into this trope. And in playing into this trope, it also reinforced the other side of the trope as well. Whereas we're taking the, this whole concept of NPC, and it's dehumanizing people, in a sense, right? Even though the people have, by and large, dehumanized themselves by giving away their sovereignty to others, by following some of these ridiculous demands that have been made upon them by media, Right? And that's primarily the enforcer of all of this, is media. And then the population themselves self-reinforces the idea with this. And, and thus we have what I call the NPC agenda. But the thing is, when you go and you actually look at this whole trope, you find that this comes from something much older. Okay, A much older idea. 
And as always, as I like to tell people, invariably when you follow these things to their sources, to their their source points in the past and in the future, their you know delineation points where they begin and where where they end or where they lead, you always come to the same two places. Invariably, when you follow something to its source point, you will find the ancient mystery schools and the occult teachings of the ancient mystery schools as the beginning places for all of these things. And invariably, when you follow it out to its logical end point, you arrive at transhumanism. And this is no different, okay? Especially when we're thinking in terms of transhumanism. NPC. It's inherent into, into the concept here because it's, it's a trope that's been largely associated with video games. And that's primarily the focus of where people's mind goes when you say NPC. So not only is it a dehumanizing term, it also affects the mind in a way whereas to uh, make somebody think inherently of this artificial intelligence type of a trope as well. Uh, so you, you could see the archetype at play here when, when you really dig into it. But here's the thing. Like I said, if you follow it back to the beginning, you'll find various forms of teaching that reinforce this concept or basically introduce this concept in very early stages of human civilization. And this is something that's been kind of uh, recontextualized by the mystery schools and their proponents, the secret societies of today that have brought forward these ideas. And they've twisted and perverted things and made them into uh, their own kind of an, uh, a, an enforcement factor for their various agendas uh, and for the maintenance of their power, right? Because uh, what's happened is... Uh, a small group of people have garnered power in this world, and they've used secrecy and some of these ancient methods and, and teachings that they know within their small circle of the secret society groups to manipulate people. And that being the case, they've, they've done the same thing with this kind of a concept. And uh, we're going to dig into where this concept comes from, uh, going back a little ways in time. And uh, this comes from a book in the back of a Masonic library somewhere, probably on a bottom shelf, uh, way in the back corner. And this book, and this is a book you can't get, or at least up until uh, the past couple of years, you couldn't get outside of one of the secret society lodges, okay? And this book is actually from a Rosicrucian group, and the book is titled Soul Science and Immortality, The Art of Building a Soul. The Secret of the Coming Christ, an authorized textbook of the Church of Illumination, published by the philosophical publishing company Allentown, Pennsylvania. And uh, the author of this book is Dr. Ruben Swineburn Clymer, copyright 1911. All rights of title and subject matter reserved. Also, rights of translation 1911 by Dr. Ruben Swineburn Clymer. And I'll tell you something. If you could get a hold of anything written by Dr. Clymer, uh, read it. This man was very intelligent. He was very well informed. And although some of what he taught, in my view, was perversions of uh, many of the ancient ideas associated with the teachings, he also taught some very true things. And his writing style is good enough in a sense that you can follow along with 
you know, relative ease as to what he's saying. He was very good at articulating ideas. So I do like his writing style, and I like that he does convey a lot of good information with the little tiny bit of poison that uh, winds up in there invariably in any of these works that we may look at and study from any secret society groups or any other source for that matter, because there's always, always, always that little extra bit in there that kind of muddies the waters, right? So... That being the case, I always tell people, read these things and take it with a grain of salt. Uh, because, you know, although you'll find good information in there, there's always something that invariably spoils the rest. And that's just the nature of how these things are. So uh, you eat the meat and spit out the bones, right? Uh, you take what's good and discard the rest. Uh, so it takes a little bit of discernment, and it takes a little time and a little study uh, to really delve into these things on a level where you could discern the good bits and the bad bits from this and uh, cross-reference between different writings and different uh, groups who put forward some of this information and get to the good stuff, right? So Dr. Clymer uh, has put some good things in here. And how exactly does this relate to the NPC idea? Well, we'll get there. We'll get there, but let's first begin in the preface of this book. And it says here, The object of this book is to announce to the world the second coming of the Christ. Much has been written and much has been taught along this line, but few are authorized to know the Christ, the Son of Man. There are those who have told us that the Christ is within us, but none have been able to tell us how we are to know the Christ within, and when he comes. How can we know the Christ when he comes? This is the main question. If the Christ is within us, we know. We have proof, and we have authority, whereas before we have merely guessed and theorized and believed. Now we are to know. Peter says, We have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses to his majesty. And I'm going to pause there for a second because eyewitnesses is written in all capital letters, and there is a pun definitely intended there. Eyewitnesses, right? There's the eye again, the eye of providence. Uh, that's the whole thing that underlies this whole church of illumination, so to say. This is Illuminati teachings, folks, at the fundamental level here, okay? This guy was a major player within the topmost levels of all these fraternities, okay? Uh, and he's primarily a Rosicrucian, but he held many titles, okay? And was associated with many different groups, and he was, uh, you know, one of their uh, most influential uh, masters, so to say, in many of these different associations and groups. So he had a lot to say, and he put a lot of it in written form here. Uh, so what he put in writing is important to look at because he does have some good ideas, and he also does put in what I would say are some um, misinformations, okay? And that's the nature of how these things work, all right? That's just the way it is, and I, I always make sure to reinforce the idea with people, whether you believe any of this stuff or not is immaterial. 
What you need to understand is there are people in positions of power in this world that most definitely believe in this stuff and they act upon it. And the things they do to act upon it will affect all of us on some level or another. So it's important to understand their perspective and their beliefs so that you know why they do the things they do and how some of these different agendas relate. And this whole NPC narrative is no different. Okay, and we're, we're going to get to it. Let's read on. For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from this excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And the voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him on the holy mount. We have also a, a more sure word of prophecy, Where unto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light, that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn, and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing the prophecy came not in olden time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to pause there again. And once again, he uses the whole capital letter idea here in some of these sentences here. The, the words, by the will of man, are all in caps because there's an important idea there okay the will this is the masculine principle of thought the will okay and this is very important uh, to many occultists and many of these people who study these things in the secret society group will okay and uh, you know a lot of what this refers to is god gave us all the gift of free will right we can choose what we want to do we can choose. Even the Bible says, choose ye this day whom you will serve, right? So uh, that that's the book of Joshua, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, anyway, that, that's what a lot of this is about, the will, okay? And this is uh, a very important facet of any type of occult study, uh, the use of will. So uh, let's read on here. But he says here, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And then in parentheses, it says fire, soul. This prophecy of the second coming is fulfilled and the time is at hand and ye do well to take heed. Power is given to the student to know for if the Christ is within you, ye shall be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do not teach the coming of Jesus in the flesh to set up a kingdom here on earth, nor to gather a certain predestined few to take with him to heaven. We are to teach the Christ, the conception of God, the creator of all men, as Jesus taught it ages ago. And I'm going to pause there for a moment. The Christ is in capital letters. And make no mistake about it when they're referring to the Christ they're not talking about Jesus Christ, folks. Okay? The Christ. It's a different meaning to these people in the occult orders. So let's, let's read on here. He who knows has been commanded and authorized from the great white throne to deliver the message to the world. Hear ye him. Ye are to announce to the whole world the advent of the Christ principle. Ye are to teach to all peoples the coming of the Christ, the Son of Man, the command from the great white throne. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. 
He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but it is past but sorry, but is passed from death unto life. The world has been looking forward to the coming of the Christ, and many teachers and prophets have proclaimed him from diverse places. But Jesus said, Many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And he further explained to them the sign of his coming. He said, As the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Strange that prophets, priests, and sages have given so little attention to the meaning of this verse of the scripture. No words could be plainer. Sheathed they are in the symbols of heaven, yet plain to he who knows. Lightning which cometh out of the east. Lightning is the electrical vibration of heaven. Mind. The supreme creator of all the universe. The minds, the thoughts, which have lived for ages in the great souls of prophets, priests, and sages, that desires, the de, sorry, the desires and prayers of the ancient mystics have reached unto the innermost recesses of the Western world. The soul of the Christ has spread its wings over the entire world, and the hour of its acceptance is at hand. And the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Those who have spent their lives seeking among the illusions and snares of the earth, those who are dead to the truth, who have not accepted the words of wisdom, and have not builded their soul on the rock of truth, and it says in parentheses, Christ principle. Okay, I'm going to pause there. So the rock of the truth, right, the rock of truth, and he says in parentheses, Christ principle shall hear his voice, and they shall live. Soul science has come, which is the Christ, sent by the command from the great white throne. I'm going to repeat that, folks. Listen to this sentence very carefully, because he will tell you here, in no uncertain terms, what he's talking about. Soul science has come, which is the Christ, sent by the command from the great white throne. All right, so I'm going to pause there. So he's saying soul science is the Christ. Okay, that which they're teaching here, the teaching, this dogma of man. All right, this teaching is the Christ, he says, and that this is the way, right? And uh, it, this, he claims, comes from what he calls the great white throne. And uh, when you actually delve into the study of some of these secret occult organizations and secret society groups, they talk about the hierarchy, okay? And uh, a good book I would recommend for people to look at to have maybe a little bit clearer of an understanding of what this hierarchy is, is actually called The Externalization of the Hierarchy by Alice Bailey. Uh, it's a theosophical book. It's from the Theosophical Society, which is a kind of a sister organization to the Rosicrucian Brotherhood. Uh, like I said, all these secret societies at the topmost levels, they're all bound together anyway, right? They all operate on the same principles. They all have the same teachings. Uh, so essentially, it talks about a spiritual hierarchy of beings uh, that essentially uh, want to manifest here in this world and control certain things to a certain degree and this is where you know the um within this hierarchy is the great white throne and the great white throne brotherhood 
right? So um, what these, you know, people and entities do is they, uh, well, I won't get too much into that, I don't think. But essentially, it talks about this idea of soul science and the Christ being an office or position that anybody can attain if they're just good enough and they follow the teachings to the letter and they listen to their their master, the instructor, their instructor before them. And they, they follow these secret principles. And if they're just good enough and they're holy enough and righteous enough and they, they follow all these orders and, you know, they're, they're good enough, then maybe they'll have some kind of uh, a situation where they have some type of power, right? Or they have some type of a supernatural power or ability. And that's what they teach. And it's always this grasping after uh, this dangling carrot in front of you that you never quite could reach. And this is how they manipulate people, folks. And that's the true teaching at the top of all of it, is how to manipulate people into uh, buying into the idea that there's some great secret that uh, only if you get high enough and you listen and you're, you're good enough and follow the orders well enough and keep the secrets good enough, then maybe you'll be privy to that secret. But the whole secret is it's, it's about controlling the people underneath you, right? And that's, that's the, the bottom line with a lot of this. So they always dangle that carrot in front of people. You can do this or that. Oh, you can't do that? Well, you, you just, you're not righteous enough or you haven't, uh, you haven't developed your soul enough, right? You haven't developed enough. You haven't uh, followed these teachings enough. See, it's, it's never good enough for anybody that follows these paths in these secret societies, okay? You're, you're, you're a dupe, okay? Unless you're at the absolute tippy top of the power structure, you're a dupe. And uh, that's essentially what they do to people within their own order. And this is admitted. All you have to do is look at the writings of Freemason Al Albert Pike, right? This is admitted. They, they don't teach their lower-level members the truth about things. They mislead them on purpose. And, and this is a, <laughs> a well-known thing when you follow any of these types of secret society groups. Not only do they lie to the outside of the groups they lie within their own groups to their own members that trust them and follow the protocols and take the secret blood oaths not to reveal the secrets right so they make these people believe a thing that isn't necessarily true and they dangle along this carrot and lead them down the primrose path to hell that's essentially what they do in a lot of these secret society groups and this is a far cry from what many of the original teachings were Okay, so, you know, you have to understand, throughout the course of the ages, something happened here. And these things that were largely intended for good purposes were twisted and contorted just enough to mislead people. People who think they're pursuing good ends to things. But, uh, you know, when you follow it out to its logical conclusion, it doesn't end in a good place. Most of the time. So, that being the case, I mean, a lot of these people that join these secret societies and stuff, they mean well, and uh, they really think they're getting some value from it, and they do get taught some good principles and stuff here, and there are a lot of these older ideas that do have uh, good intentions and good purposes behind them, and good information, better understanding of the natural world and how it works. Uh, but, uh, like I said, you always have to beware of these things when you like read through them and go through them and stuff uh, because there there is that misleading factor in there but anyway i don't want to get too hung up on that point and we're going to get to how this relates to the npc agenda here very soon all right but let's read on 
Out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which were the spirits of God. Soul science is the baptism of fire, which is also the Holy Ghost. The second coming of the Christ was promised by one who knew and possessed the soul of Christ, who represented those who sit on the great white throne, and who are the seven spirits of God. Many have taught when his coming would be, but none have spoken with authority. This book, which we now present to the public, contains the message of life and the voice of those who have spoken. <coughs> These words are spirit, and they are life, and he who listens shall live. Before Jesus came John the Baptist. He came crying in the wilderness of error. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the Baptist was the forerunner of the Christ. He prepared the people for the acceptance of the truth. He said, I am come baptizing with water, and it says in parentheses here, folks, mind with a capital M. Okay, now pay attention closely to this concept because it will be important here later. But one mightier than I cometh that the latchets of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with fire. And it says in parentheses, soul, with a capital S. Water is the symbol of mind. We know that John taught and healed many. He was a mind, or mental healer. The world waited long in a wilderness of darkness and error before it accepted the power and work of the mind healers. Many have used the power erroneously until the great affirmer arose in the person of Mary Baker G. Eddy and gave to the struggling, misguided mentalists the principle of mind and mental healing. And I'm going to pause there, folks. Look up Mary Baker G. Eddy. Okay? And so understand who he's talking about. Uh, this was somebody in the early 1900s or late 1800s, somewhere in that time frame, who had a lot of influence in many of these secret society groups and uh, many considered her to be a charlatan uh, but many also teacher you know considered her to be a great teacher and a great healer okay and that's who he's referring to here so he's saying that this person was the great affirmer this Mary Baker G Eddy okay so keep that in mind so he's equating this to a modern person or a more modern person, we should say. Somebody contemporaneous with his time that he lived in. Uh, so, you see, uh, once again, this is pointing out the inherent flaw in seeking within these secret society groups for, quote-unquote, truth, right? Uh, because this is this is the kind of thing that uh, it will get you. They... they give reverence to these teachers and a lot of it is very egoistic okay they have all these grandiose titles they think themselves superior to the masses they think they're better they've uh, obtained these secrets this this wisdom you know all these secret teachings and stuff like that and they can go about doing these wonderful things see they have this sort of hubris to them and it's very egoistic so you could know and you know uh, the Bible tells us to weigh the spirits, and when you weigh the spirit and see that the spirit, the the spirit, <laughs> the spirit is an egoistic spirit, then you can know something about that, right? You can know that it is a self-serving or self-seeking spirit, 
and not necessarily the true spirit of God coming through with this, because it's not a selfless spirit, so to say, when they're giving each other these accolades like this, right? You could understand that it's, it's you know, it's more of an egoist type of a thing here. So it's this presumption of power and authority and uh, this type of status within society. Uh, so some of these teachings, like I said, this would be some of the little bit of poison that I would say is mixed in with these teachings because it inflates the egos of these people like Mr. Ruben Swinburne Clymer. And don't get me wrong, I have respect for the man, the man's works and writings, because, like I said, he was a very prolific writer, and he was good at communicating different points, and he did put a lot of good information into many of his works. Uh, but at the same token, when you look at uh, all the titles and degrees and all these lofty attainments and stuff uh, that he achieved for himself and how he had inflated his own ego within this... Uh, uh, you know, secret society or this, this different, uh, uh, how should we say, th this circle of influence of secret societies, you can see how it was kind of self-serving in the end, right? But let's read on here. I don't want to take up too much time talking about this because we have to get to the main point here of why we're talking about this tonight, and it has to do with the NPC agenda. And I call it the NPC agenda because... There truly is an agenda behind it, folks, and it's not what you think. Let's read on. As John the Baptist looked forward to the greater demonstration of power and glory from above, so did the great Baptist disciple look forward to a greater demonstration of the power from on high. It has not come as she expected. It says she here, but I think it means he it has not come as he expected, but the day of the Son of Man is here as announced by John the Baptist. The material age, the age of darkness, represented by the word Egypt, or represented by the word Egypt, has long since passed. Egypt has represented darkness, unenlightenment, yet out of the darkness came light, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. I'm going to pause for a moment there, folks. So, here, Egypt represented darkness, unenlightenment, right? The black, okay? Uh, the black, and we could get a little more into this probably in another, at another time in another show here, um, that whole idea. But there's there's many things bound up in the idea of Egypt and what it represented. It's an archetype, folks. It's it goes way beyond just a place. It's an archetype with many layers of meaning. Uh, but let's let's move on here. Egypt once held all the mysteries and teachings of the ancients. It held the true light, and from it the truth. The esoteric teachings of the philosophers and wise men had come. Over the tombs of the pharaohs, within the pyramids and obelisks, still live the letters of fire, the symbols of the one God, the great unknown but knowable one, who is the life and light of the world. Moses brought the truth from Egypt to the Jews. Jesus brought it once again from the crypts and secret places to both Jew and Gentiles, and as the lightning flashes from the east and shineth even unto the west, so have the words of the living God 
the Osiris of the Egyptians, the God of Moses, and the Christ of Jesus, broke the darkened clouds of materialism and dead faith, and spread the light deep into the hearts of the Western world of man. And I'm going to pause right there, folks. If you didn't catch that, I think maybe I'll read that, at least a portion of it again, okay? Um, so, what there's, what he's saying here is that uh, out of Egypt came the light, right? From out of this darkness, you know, the whole... The whole uh, presupposition that there was first there was chaos and darkness, and then out of the chaos was born order, right? Order ob ordo ob chaos, order out of chaos, right? It's it's one of the philosophies of all of these secret society groups. They believe that the great formless void was there, and then the great architect molded this into what we have as creation here, right? So that's, that's what they believe in a nutshell, but I'm going to read that whole verse again, because you'll see, if you listen closely, what's being done here. Moses brought the truth from Egypt to the Jews. Jesus brought it once again from the crypts and secret places to both Jew and Gentiles, and as the lightning flashes from the east and shineth even unto the west, so have the words of the living God, the Osiris of the Egyptians, the God of Moses, and the Christ of Jesus, broke the darkened clouds of materialism and dead faith and spread the light deep into the hearts of the western world of men. So essentially the author here is claiming the equality between uh, Jesus Christ, right? The word of the living God, the God of Moses, all these things, and he's also calling this the Osiris of the Egyptians, right? So he's equating all of these ideas back to Osiris, and once again, you could see where a little bit of the corruption comes in here, um, and uh, really kind of muddies the waters with these things. And I understand there's various archetypes, right? And he's associating the archetypes with these things uh, in many senses here. But uh, at the same token, <coughs> once again, what he's talking about, the lightning that flashes from the east and shineth unto the west. Out of Egypt came this lightning, right? And and lightning, what, what symbol, the, the symbol lightning, what does the symbol of lightning represent? Well, it represents Lucifer, folks. So it's equating the idea of Christ and Lucifer being either the same entity or two opposite sides of the same entity. And the same thing with, uh, you know, this being said with Osiris and equating it back to the old Egyptian ideas once again, because uh, this is where many of these secret society groups claim that the mysteries found their perfection was in the Egyptian system, right? And they also claim that the, the Egyptians learned these teachings from the Atlanteans prior to them. And that's where these ideas came from. And there's, there's this whole trail when you go down through the history uh, that's taught through the secret societies, how you could see how many of these ideas are progressively handed down. And there's no real true evidence that this is the case. But they always claim authorship from an older and wiser civilization like the Atlanteans. But they also claim that these people destroyed themselves. See, because they got too hubristic with their power. But we wouldn't make that same mistake again, would we? So, you can kind of see the double entendre with it all. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, let's continue reading on. Because we're almost to the point where we'll start really connecting the dots here with the whole NPC agenda. 
Now, it says here, Mesmer considered but was not the discoverer of a sympathetic vibration between the heavenly bodies and the earth and the human bodies. This he called magnetism or animal magnetism. He had not attained the perfection of mental science. He gave the physical facts of magnetism, for he did not go beyond matter and the physical body, but his teachings were true and were of great help to the world in the material age. And I'm going to pause there. So basically he's saying um, here that Mesmer, right, he understood some things, but he did not, was not, did not attain perfection of mental science, right? He wasn't one of us. He wasn't good enough. He didn't know exactly what he was talking about here. Uh, he hadn't done the mental work. He just equated it to the physical things. Uh, but he was onto a, 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 you know, a profound spiritual idea that he had no idea about. And that's what he's essentially claiming here. And I don't think Mesmer was that stupid. I think Mesmer knew exactly what he was talking about. But he just was not a member of one of these orders. So that being the case, he didn't get uh, the credit for this. Like, you know, uh, they, they would like to, <laughs> to say here. But anyway, <clears throat> let's read on here. Magnetism is not entirely a physical attraction. In reality, its principles are truly mental, but it had not developed in that era or age. Then came John the Baptist, the Elias of old, which was to co for to come, in the form of mind science. So I'm going to pause there again, folks. Remember, he's claiming now John the Baptist represented mind science, and the Christ is soul science so understand this so uh we'll, we'll get there so they're laying down some concepts here and ideas whereas first the forerunner of soul science is mind science and you need to perfect mind science before you could seek after soul science so what does that tell you about a world of people who do not think for themselves now are you starting to make the connections between the npc agenda idea and the things we've seen and, and what I'm talking about here, mind science. So essentially they're saying, first, before you can actually seek out this soul science, you need to develop the mind science. So they're saying you have to develop your mind and your thinking skills and understand these principles. Think logically. Use the terms of like logic and rhetoric those types of terms, thinking in those types of ways, this classical education, many of these ideas that we have seen in previous times through, you know, the era just beyond the Renaissance and in the, the uh, Age of Enlightenment, so to say, these ideas where they would teach you these classical things, the, the trivium, the quadrivium, uh, all of these classical studies, the arts, all of these things, all of these ideas inherent here, right? So this was the development of the mind, or what they're calling mind science here, which is the precursor or forerunner of soul science. And uh, anyway, not to get too far ahead of myself, let's read on here and we'll connect the dots here. All right. Wonderful work has been accomplished by mental or mind science in its varied forms. The mind is the real creator. The mind makes or mars the world of souls. Mind must come first, for it is the forerunner of the Christ, which is the soul. For mind builds the soul, but mind dies and soul lives. 
In the beginning, when God created, when the Word became flesh, the Spirit of God, and it says in parentheses here, developed mind, moved upon the face of the waters, and it says in parentheses, minds, and there was light. When the divine mind of God moved upon the minds of men, God mind became flesh, was created in the flesh and the light of truth. God was born in the minds of men. Man began to learn that he was of the Creator, that he also was created and was a part of the Creator. All the mental and mind healers and teachers have given the world great goods and the promise of life, for the teacher of the living fire followed the teacher of the mind. I'm going to pause there, folks. Living fire. Fire. These are the philosophers of fire. Okay? They put an important emphasis on fire, and uh, I think maybe I'll go ahead and uh, do another breakdown of the relationship uh, between the, the philosophers of fire and those of the waters of faith, and how this ties back to the Cain and Abel story back in the book of Genesis, and the delineation of family bloodlines, and why it's so important to these people. I'll, I'll explore that in another future episode here. Uh, so that people could better connect the dots, right? But uh, for right now, understand it. He's talking about how John the Baptist was the, the forerunner of the Christ. So the John the Baptist representing mind science, or the development of the mind. Uh, he was the forerunner of the Christ, who is soul science, or the development of the soul. And the soul is the immortal part of the being, so to say, Okay. So, that's essentially what is being taught here. Now, let's read on, and then I'll go ahead and start connecting more of the dots here. He, and it says in parentheses, Christ, also was to be baptized with water or mind. John was amazed when he saw him there, giving him homage and acknowledgement of being the greatest teacher then living. Jesus became receptive to the mind teaching, knowing whereof it listeth. Now the day of the Christ is at hand. He that baptizes with fire, and it says in parentheses, soul, is here. And this is the day of soul science, for as John taught, the baptism of fire, or soul, shall, be, shall follow him. Mental science has paved the way for the science of the soul, or fire. It is the fire which spoke to Moses in the burning bush. It is the fire which lighted the children of Israel from Egyptian rule or darkness. It is the fire that descended in the form of a dove from heaven, and the tongue of fire which sat upon the apostles on the day of Pentecost. It is the soul, the awakened soul of the Christ within man. It has been but a month since that Christhood and Adeptship has been issued. And going to pause there. Apparently that's a book that he wrote a month prior to this, right? Let's continue on. And few men could dream that it would be accepted as the first cry in the wilderness. And I'm going to pause once again there, folks. Once again, he's puffing up his own ego here, equating himself with John the Baptist by writing this book that he wrote a month prior. And, you know, he was very surprised that people were interested in it, and it was accepted as the first cry in the wilderness of soul science, right? So, let's continue on. 
It has fallen upon the highways and byways of many hearts, and they have recognized it as the seed of life for which they have thirsted long. It has explained fully and simply all that mind is, its power, and the secret of its power. It is the forerunner of the present work, and should be studied with it. One who has a copy of the former work says, A few days ago I received the book Christhood and Adeptship, and have read it over several times and find it, next to the Bible, the most interesting book I ever read. But I must know more. From all over the land come messages of encouragement and a demand for more and more of the same teachings, and he who knows has received command to issue the present work. Thus, the time for the baptism of fire is at hand, and that which is of the soul must take the place of that which is of the mind only. The soul is greater than the mind. It is the living man, the eternal life of the spirit. It is the light of men, the living fire or eternal death, whichever he chooses to make it. Jesus taught that the soul was greater than all else. He said, What will it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? All through the Gospels and the writings of the Apostles, those who were inspired and authorized to speak as the oracle of God warned and taught men to develop the soul, to bring the soul to the knowledge of the one God. Paul tells us, To be carnally wicked is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The mind builds the soul, and a spiritual mind builds life and peace. The God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Herein he warns us to preserve the spirit, soul, and body. Paul again says, We are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and it says in parentheses here, soul, and the fire shall try every man's work what sort it is. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple, and it says in parentheses, his body, of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of the God is whole, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. And I'm going to pause there for a moment, folks. And yet these are the same people who will push for transhumanism, won't they? Hmm? <laughs> so, see, let's read that again. This is a very important verse here. All right. Uh, that he's taking and trying to twist out of context, if you're reading into this correctly. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So, think upon that, and think about what the uh, the whole concept of transhumanism intends to do. Well, it, it defiles your body, doesn't it, folks? when you follow it out rightly to its logical conclusion. Uh, so uh, this should be a stark warning to anybody, uh, really. But uh, that's not the, the context in which he's trying to say this here, because he's equating the idea between mind science and soul science here. All right. Uh, so these are concepts. These are archetypal ideas uh, that are being used here and presented. But let's read on and see what else Dr. Clymer has to say here, and then we'll break it all down again in a minute. 
God will destroy the unholy, the God that is within you, when you are tried by the fire of what sort of your work is. For God is a consuming fire, and it says again in parentheses, soul. The work of the new church is to establish the true conception of the Christ upon the same rock it was built upon when the Master laid the foundation to be built upon by those who should follow him. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. On this rock he built his church. The soul is the man, and thou art the soul. Therefore thou art the Son of the living God. The work of the church is to establish the soul's relationship to God after the manner of Christ. Christ was the master builder, and he has laid the foundations for others to build upon. The foundation is love, truth, virtue, patience, gentleness, forbearance, kindness, long-suffering toward all God's creatures. To teach development of mind and soul. Soul science does not criticize nor antagonize the Bible. Its mission is to lift the veil from the hidden truth and mysteries. So, so, that, sorry there, all can understand. So that all can understand. Lost my place there for a second. Sorry about that. We teach all men how to live pure, clean lives and identify the soul with the Christ. Few know the soul, where it is and what it is. The church will open the understanding so that the soul will manifest itself and its real works to the earnest seeker. Healing stations and schools are to be established in every city and town where the truth will be accepted. The healing of the soul, or the eth, and that's spelled A-E-T-H, is taught. And this is the healing of the Christ. And I'm going to pause there for a moment, folks. Uh, because the eth. This is within the secret society groups. It's a secret inner circle of a priesthood. The eth priesthood. Okay? And Dr. Clymer was a high-ranking member of the eth or eth priesthood. And they considered themselves to be illumined men right they were illumined they they had authority they had spiritual authority they considered themselves healers they were part of the inner circle okay they were adepts true adepts right that's what they considered themselves and that's what he's trying to say here is that uh, basically um you know he's taking these true words of christ these things that Jesus said, and he's kind of twisting them and bending them into a certain agenda, so to say, or to promote certain aspects of a, an agenda or an orga organization that he was part of, and to inflate his own ego in the process. Uh, so, anyway, let's let's read on here. Christ healed not by mind alone, he employed both mind and soul, and his works were greater than any the world had ever seen. The church announces to the whole world the advent of the Christ principle. It will teach the whole world the coming of the Christ, the Son of Man. It will gather together the elect from the four winds of heaven, lift up the fallen, open the eyes of the blind, heal the brokenhearted, and teach the gospel to the poor, and set at liberty them that are bruised. This is the church of illumination, the second coming of the Christ. 
Going to pause there, folks. Did you catch that? This is the Church of Illumination, the second coming of the Christ. Does it get much more blasphemous than that, folks? This is who these people think they are. The Illuminati. They claim to be the second coming of Christ. Hmm? Did you catch that? The Church of Illumination? The Eth Priesthood? These are sub-organizations within what we would call the greater organization of the quote-unquote Illuminati. Now, we put together some of these connections um, on a live stream I did uh, just a week or so ago. Uh, talking about the Shriners, the organization of the Shriners, and what they were all involved with, and how it makes open declarations as to uh, uh, Weishaupt's Illuminati of Bavaria being very much members of their order, right? Uh, so all these these groups are tied together, and this is this is a high level teaching here. This guy was very advanced within the secret schools, and he was a forthright member of what could be rightfully called the Illuminati in his day. Okay? Uh, so, that being the case, and he's teaching supposedly here with authority, and he, they're claiming that uh, they, the Church of Illumination, are the second coming of the Christ. Do you see what they're talking about here? Now, they're taking the idea that uh, up until this time, up until this organization came around, uh, we had only the teaching of the development of mind, right? Or mind science. And now, this group, the Illuminati, are teaching you soul science. This is the, the science of how you become immortal. Immortality. Power. How to become God. Apotheosis. Do you hear the hubris here? Do you see the deception here? Ye can be as gods. It's the lie from the Garden of Eden, folks. And these people firmly believe that they're the fulfillment of this second coming of Christ, the Church of Illumination. Do you see how they've been misled? Even their, their highest, most you know, leaders and stuff within these organizations? This is what this guy was teaching, okay? This is, he's claiming this is the way to salvation. This is the second coming of Christ. This is the advent of the second coming, the, the Church of Illumination, the Illuminati. This is the way, he's saying. And wherever we heard in recent years here, this is the way. Well, if anybody watched the show The Mandalorian, and uh, that's one of their catchphrases, this is the way. It's amazing how all these different ideas always overlap and come out in the entertainment industry and stuff like that, isn't it? Uh, anyway, let's let's get back to the reading here, and we're going to wrap it up and really draw the lines of intent here and show you what's been going on here with this whole NPC agenda, which it seems like we're off topic, but we're really not, folks. Stick around a few more minutes. The time spoken of in the Bible is here, the time when Christ shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe. The day spoken of in the Bible cometh as a thief in the night. The man of evil, the desires and longings of the flesh, shall say, Peace and safety. Then suddenly destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. For when the light of truth dawns upon the minds of men, all evil shall flee. Jesus said, I am come to send a force on the earth. And I'm going to pause right there, folks. I've never heard Jesus say this. This is not quoted in the Bible. 
I'm not sure where he's getting this from. This is probably comes from, you know, one of their great white throne uh, type sources or whatever here. But he says, Jesus said, I am come to send a force with a capital F on the earth force. Where have we seen the force before? Hmm? Are you following all this? Do you, do you see how we've been subtly socially programmed through the years with these occult ideas and this occult philosophy and these different things? Let's read on. John the Baptist said, I am come baptizing you with water, and it says in parentheses, mind, but one mightier than I cometh the latches of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with fire, and it says in parentheses, soul. You who are troubled, rest with me, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them who know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The evil thoughts and desires are those that obey not. Gonna repeat that, folks. <coughs> this is very important within these secret brotherhoods or secret society groups, or occult organizations, the evil thoughts and desires are those that not that obey not. So, listen to that again. I'll read that again, and I'll give you my take on what they're saying here. The evil thoughts and desires are those that obey not. So, essentially, if you don't listen to what the order tells you, or the brotherhood, right? If you don't follow and obey what they say, that's the only true evil thought or desire, in this world, isn't it? And it will be punished. Right? Aside from that, there's no other evil. It's just the evil thoughts and desires are those that obey not. So those that don't obey, they are the ones that will be punished. They are the ones that will receive judgment, and that is the only evil. That's essentially what's been inferred here. Let's read on. Vengeance is the taking away of these evils which hold men in the thrall and lure of the earth and the flesh. So let's let's pause for a minute there and think back. So it says the evil thoughts and desires are those that obey not. So these are the ones uh, that vengeance will fall upon, right? Let's read on. Thus Jesus is revealed in the fire baptism. Soul science, or immortality, teaches all that can be known, taught, or revealed openly. <laughs> I'm going to pause there, folks. Let me read that sentence again, and I'm going to laugh at it again. Soul science, or immortality, teaches all that can be known, taught, or revealed openly. They don't do anything openly in these secret societies, folks. If that's the truth, then why are you never hearing about this until right now? Right now. Think about that. This is the deception here with these people. They deceive themselves. See? They deceive themselves. Let's read on. It is the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. Every chapter gives the truth simply, plain, and concise. There is no vague visionary teaching. 
It is founded upon the rock of truth, the Christ. The student learns to know good from evil, false from true. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, for he knows not good from evil and false from true. And the greatest dangers to the student are the ignorant dabblers in science falsely so-called, and those who call themselves occultists without authority or understanding of the truth. And I'm going to pause there again, folks. So you see how he peppers in many of these true statements and ideas from the Bible and from other sources and, you know, litters them together with some of these other things. Uh, these ones that say a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That is a truth from the Bible. But then it also says here that, uh, you know, it, it says, but the greatest dangers are from ignorant dabblers in science falsely so-called and those who call themselves occultists without authority or understanding of the truth. So he's saying here that, uh, you know, you, you can't truly understand something unless you're one of us, right? Then you're either a dabbler or a, uh, a, a self-called occultist, but you don't have authority or understanding, right? And he says that these are <laughs> the double-minded people, yet here he's speaking that, uh, you know, soul science or immortality teaches all that can be known, taught, or revealed openly, Yet he teaches this in secret, right? It's not taught openly. This is a double-minded person. I find it ironic that the double-minded is speaking about being double-minded in a derogatory way here. And, you know, trying to twist and, and turn the tables on others here. Let's read on. Paul says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshipping of angels, intending unto those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, who, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances. Which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship, and I'm going to pause for a second there, will worship is all capitalized in capital letters. Will worship, okay? The worship of one's will, okay? Uh, so that's what's being spoken of here. So, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any hour to the satisfying of the flesh? Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. For when he doth appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Those who read this book, Soul Science in Immortality, and live it will be healed mentally and physically. All the secrets of life and death are made plain. The greatest healing power ever given to mankind was demonstrated by Jesus the Christ. And now we're going to get to the meat of the observation here, or the meat of the matter, with... Uh, this uh, this book, okay, that Dr. Clymer has so graciously written and, and uh, you know, has kind of set himself up to be an equal to the Savior, Jesus Christ, right? Or so he claims. 
In F healing, the same laws, the same rules, the actual power and healing as taught by Jesus are revealed. The student knows. There is no blind following of the blind. He is able to prove for himself and to himself its wonders and its truth. What the book can do for mankind has never been accomplished by any teacher or healer since the time of Jesus. Gonna pause there, folks. Do you hear what he's saying here? He's putting himself on the same level as Jesus Christ. I don't know what more I need to tell you here, or what more I need to say about that. Let's continue reading. We're almost to the end here. And remember, this is just the preface. <laughs> so, you know. Mind or mental healing has accomplished great wonders and blessed the world as in the day of John the Baptist, the great mind healer. But the Christ has come, come to baptize with fire. His spirit has descended in like manner as he descended, and his word is preached again to all people, for he promised to be with us unto the end. And that's the end of the preface there, folks. So a couple important ideas here couple important ideas okay the main takeaways here are that uh, these people believe themselves to be the advent of the second coming of Christ right the Illuminati they they preach that they are the second coming of Christ and that you will find salvation by obeying their orders what they tell you that this is the only true illumination, so to say. This is soul science. This is the way that you achieve salvation, right? And up until this point, we've had only what they call mind science. And this was brought about by John the Baptist, the precursor of the Christ. Mind science. So, what's mind science? This is the development of the mind. This is the concept of the Luciferian philosophy, okay, that... Uh, that uh, Lucifer set man free from the, the bonds of ignorance by giving him the gift of intellect, and that man, through this intellect, will become God himself. And this is the Luciferian philosophy. See, intellect, all right? The fire. The fire is the symbol of intellect. Always has been. Well, now, this man is saying that... Uh, the intellect, the fire, so to say, this is not the same intellect or mind that has been taught up to this point. The Luciferian philosophy is an inversion, that this was the teaching of mind or the, the water idea, water being equated to mind here, okay? And that they are the true next level, these Illuminati, right? These, these masters and adepts in the secret schools that uh, came about... Uh, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, on up through the modern time here now, that these people, uh, these ones that teach these many things, they are the way, that they are the development of the soul from the mind, okay? So the teaching is has been inverted here when you look, because the Luciferian philosophy has always taught fire is equated to intellect or mind, and that through the development of mind, man can become God, right? Well, now they're teaching that... Uh, Mind equates to the water idea, okay? And that only through the development of mind first can then come the fire idea, the soul. The soul being the thing here now. The next step in human evolution. 
Do you, do you see how this all ties together? So essentially what they're saying is mind science. This is the system in which we live in today and have lived in in the past, right, is the mind science idea, that we need to develop the mind in order to develop or build the soul. And that if you haven't developed your mind, and what do they mean by mind science or developing the mind? Well, joining one of their secret orders, folks, and following the precepts thereof, and obeying their orders. This is the building of the mind in order to begin to build your soul. And they believe that if you don't belong to one of their orders, you cannot have a soul, and you do not have a soul, because you have not built your mind. This is where the NPC idea comes in. You don't listen to what they're telling you. You don't obey, right? And if you're not a member of their secret order, you're below them. You're nothing more than a herd animal to them. You have no soul. They don't care about you. They see you as little more than a herd animal. Because you so blindly just follow orders. You're reactive, okay? They keep you in this reactive state. Your mind in this constant fight-or-flight mentality. The, the defense mechanism. The animalistic mind. The animal mind, as they call it. Much of humankind has been engineered to be in this animalistic state of mind all the time. We react. We don't think critically. We don't think logically. We don't think deeply. And we don't think clearly. And we've been programmed this way. See, we're programmed. We don't have mind science. We haven't achieved mind science. If we haven't achieved mind science in the eyes of these people, there's no way we could achieve soul science. So therefore, you don't have a soul. So you're just a resource. That's how they view you. And that's the whole NPC agenda in a nutshell. They're trying to steer people into this, this concept. They're molding people into this shape. They're molding people into this NPC mentality. And they're doing it on purpose. Because they have no room in their new age for the profane, and that's you and I, those who don't belong to their secret order, those who haven't developed the mind or the science of mind and therefore cannot advance and develop the soul, the fire, so to say. And they believe that they are spiritually more advanced than us and that they are superior to us and that they have the divine right to rule us. And this goes back again to the ancient family bloodlines issue once again. And that's where a lot of this idea stems from. But uh, this is a multi faceted kind of an approach here this agenda this npc agenda because first of all it's designed to keep people in a lower mind state to be in this state where they have not developed their mind and therefore do not have a soul in the eyes of these people in positions of power these dark occultists that run things so they have no conscience or objections to treating you however they see fit or using you for whatever means they see okay so that's their, their concept, and that's one of the ways why how they try to skirt uh, the karmic principles, so to say. So they keep you in this state where you cannot develop your mind and therefore not your, develop your, or build your soul. So you don't have a soul, so they keep you on par with animals. That's essentially part of it in a nutshell. The other part of this agenda is to try to keep us who have somewhat... Uh, of insight into these things, infighting with others uh, who are maybe on a, a little bit earlier part of their journey on awakening, the awakening path here, 
and keeping them locked in this paradigm too, insulting them, dehumanizing them, by comparing them to this NPC kind of a state. So that's that's part of it too. It's a very insidious kind of thing. But uh, by and large, this is what they're looking for. They want this division between people. Because when you have this division, when you have somebody who claims to be a truther or uh, you know an awakened person or, or something of the sort, an illuminated mind, so to say, when you have people who claim to be awake to certain things and be able to see through it, and uh, they're insulting other people who you know are not as far along that path as they are, by dehumanizing them and calling them an NPC. This creates further division in people and helps to lock out people's minds even more from some of these inherent truths that uh, many of us have come to learn. Uh, It's not helpful. Let's put it that way. Calling somebody an NPC or treating them like an NPC is not helpful. We're all human beings. We all have a divine spark given to us by our creator. We all have a soul, okay? But these people in positions of power... They don't want us to believe we have a soul, first of all. They want us to think in the hyper-materialist viewpoint, that everything equates back to merely the physical aspect of reality, this, uh, you know, 3D matter and form that we live in, in this reality. They want us to equate everything back to that, and that discounts or negates the idea of, first of all, soul, and second of all, the, the idea of mind science, which is a precursor in their view to this so if you don't develop your mind or take you know measures to claim your own human sovereignty and your own human birthright and use your mind use your brain use your mind to do things and let somebody else make decisions for you and take your sovereignty from you well then you're nothing more than an animal in their sight you have no soul you've never done anything to build your soul therefore you don't have one That's the frame of mind they want us all in. That's where they want us all. Okay? And creating this division between us, where we dehumanize each other, just further strengthens the power and manipulation that they have upon all of us already. So all it does is create further divide. It's not helpful. The whole NPC agenda. Okay? So like I said... It's a multifaceted approach. They're trying to mold us all into this NPC type of an archetype. And uh, in so doing, they've created more division. And when we actually use that as a derogatory term towards others, it, it further helps to shut their minds down into this controllable state even further. It doesn't help raise anybody up. Okay? It's negative. Its connotation's negative. The intention behind it's negative. And uh, it's one of those things where we should not participate in actively pushing that idea. And I see that going on in this truth community all over the place. It's not helpful, all right? And it has spiritual ramifications that, that tie back to some of these old teachings, right? And we could see how the idea has been put forth by this group who consider themselves to be the illumined, the Illuminati, the ruling class, the masters of this world, the dark occultists who run this place. And they talk about soul science, building the soul. So you have to be a member of their secret order and obey them, the things they tell you. Do what you're told from on high. Listen to authority. Do what you're told, and then only then 
you could begin to build your soul and become immortal, as they are, see, or as they believe they are, or as they claim to be. They claim to be these enlightened masters who can achieve immortality and have moved on, uh, allegedly, to other dimensions now where they're, they're, they're still the great helpers of humanity, reaching back and helping others along this path. Now, are there any truths in some of these teachings? I suspect there probably are some truths, but I think they've been highly twisted and perverted and used for the furtherance of the egos of many of these people within these secret society groups and also to solidify the power of this quote-unquote elite class in this world, these secret family bloodlines, these royal family bloodlines that go back uh, through the ages. <coughs> it's been used for the manipulation of the masses to keep them in power and to create more of this division. So, that being the case, they're trying to block us from God, essentially, or from the realization of spiritual things. All right, and that's what this whole NPC agenda is all about. It's it's it further binds people into that hyper materialist viewpoint. All right, and like I said, it's not helpful. Dehumanizing somebody in this way is not helpful. It's not doing them any favors. It's not doing yourself any favors because when you think of somebody in those regards and you dehumanize them in a sense, well, then you begin to commit atrocities, right? Voltaire warned us, he who could make you believe in absurdities can make you commit atrocities. That's exactly what this is, all right, in no uncertain terms. You know, equating in your mind somebody as an NPC, well, first of all, it's an absurdity, and second of all, it could turn into an atrocity, because if you view them as such and treat them as such, then you have no regard for them, and there's no moral obligation to them, and that becomes a very, very dangerous thing, doesn't it? And this di directly feeds into this power structure here. And this is why we see further division and stuff going on in many of these circles. It's a poisonous topic, folks. The NPC agenda. It's a poisonous topic. All right? And I know sometimes it feels good for people to make fun of somebody uh, because maybe they don't see things the same way you do. Maybe they're not, uh, you know, awakened to certain aspects of things. And that's okay. Maybe that's their lot in life. Maybe, you know, they are to achieve this or, you know, just maintain this, this status quo of ignorance. Maybe that's their place. Maybe that's all they want. Maybe they have no ambitions. Maybe they have no spiritual type desires as we do, uh, so to say. And that's their place. It's an individual journey, folks. That's the whole bottom line here. And each and every individual is precious in God's sight. Uh, so there's no such thing as an NPC in our reality. Although people may argue the point with me and say because of the behaviors, because of how they've been manipulated and programmed through various means and archetypes, that uh, you know they fall into this category of NPC. But every soul, every being is precious in the eyes of God. And it's not fair to label somebody as not counting. That's essentially what you're doing when you're calling somebody an NPC. They don't count. They don't matter. So, you know, that being the case, it's a dangerous position to take. And it's a, a, a devious agenda. 
because essentially that's what they want these people these dark occultists that run things let me let me rephrase that these dark occultists that run things the the people in charge here in this place that's how they want us to all be they want us to all be npcs so to say so they don't have to worry or consider anything about us they want us to just you know obey and go along with whatever they put before us and use us for whatever needs that they have to fulfill their own personal desires to maintain their power in this place and you know we could speculate as to their reasonings and stuff like this for doing many of these things but that's the bottom line here it's an ugly agenda that's kind of gotten out of control within the truth movement that I've seen recently. And I just figured I need to address it here and point out its occultic roots. Because it ties back to these ideas. Because these secret society groups, they believe that you don't have a soul unless you're an adept within one of their orders. Right? Then you have a soul. Then the things you think and believe count and matter. And the things that you do matter. Otherwise, you don't matter. You're nothing more than an animal. It was expressed in the document Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars that he who does not use his intelligence is no better than an animal that does not have intelligence. And thus, therefore, it, you know, are essentially cattle, right? They're, they're stakes on the table, I think is the words that it uses, by choice and consent. That those who will not use their intelligence are no better than those that do not have intelligence. And those people are stakes on the table by choice and consent. That's how they view you, folks. And that's what this agenda, this NPC agenda is all about. They want you to be that. Okay? They want you to be the victim. Why do you think they promote this victim ideology all the time? That's all you are. You're, you're the victim. You're the, you're the butt of their jokes. That's what an NPC is, a, the butt of the joke, right? Do you see how devious and, and twisted this whole thing is? And how it's become, become something out of control uh, within this community of people who supposedly wants to awaken people to these different things going on in the world and make the world a better place? And, you know, encourage people to break free from the mind control programming and stuff? Do you see what's been done here? We're not immune. We're easily manipulatable, too. We just don't see it because of the same reasons why these people in these secret society groups believe the things they do and fall for it. It's about ego. Hubris. A lot of people think, okay, well, I know a few things that other people don't. That makes me better than them. See, look at how dumb they are. Look at that NPC over there wearing the mask. Walking in the store all afraid. They don't know that this whole thing's fake. But I do, therefore I'm smarter than them. And even though I could tell them it's fake, they won't believe me. Well, why is that? Because you look down upon them and view them in that regard. You don't matter. Why am I wasting my breath telling you this? Do you see how dangerous of an idea this NPC thing becomes? That's why I wanted to point this out tonight, folks. It's, it's, it's devious, it's deep-rooted back in occultism, and always invariably leads forward to transhumanism, just like everything else I always present. And I wish it didn't always point to those couple of uh, select vantage points, but it always does. 
I'm sorry, it always does. I'm yet to find any type of these uh, conspiracy-type topics that does not begin in occultism in the ancient mystery schools and end in transhumanism. They all do. Every single last one of them that I've ever looked at always invariably goes those two directions. When you look back in time, it's the ancient mystery schools and the occultism uh, inherent therein that's been brought forward through time. And if you look to the other end of the spectrum, towards the future, towards the uh, logical end point, it always leads to transhumanism. Always. And that's, you know, I know I sound like a broken record saying this stuff, but that's the bottom line, and that's the truth. Uh, so, you know, take it as you will. Uh, I'm just here spreading a message, folks, and that's that's my job, and that's what I'm out here doing. So, uh, take it for what it's worth. Like I said, take some of this stuff with a grain of salt. Uh, because they teach many truths, but they also teach some lies with the truths. And it's it's really hard to discern at times. But at the same token, we could see the intent or intention behind these things. And intent is everything. And the intent behind the NPC agenda is one that's evil or bad. It's It's not helpful, folks. The NPC agenda is not helpful, and I'm just going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. We'll catch you next time here on the Alchemical Tech Revolution. Have a good one.
It's what we can make.